You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. The reading today comes from Luke chapter 17 and verses 11 through 19. Luke 17, 11 to 19. Jesus heals 10 men. As Jesus made his way to Jerusalem, he went along the border between Samaria and Galilee. He was going into a village when he was met by 10 men suffering from a dreaded skin disease. They stood at a distance and shouted, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Jesus saw them and said to them, go and let the priests examine you. On the way, they were made clean. When one of them saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself to the ground at Jesus' feet and thanked him. The man was a Samaritan. Jesus spoke up. There were ten men who were healed. Where are the other nine? Why is this foreigner the only one who came back to give thanks to God? And Jesus said to him, Get up and go. Your faith has made you well. Thanks, Emily. We'll have her to give Ashley a big uh, clap or smile or something friendly as he comes. Ashley. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me back again, um, especially so soon. I think last time was, what, two and a half years or something, so to be back after a few weeks is... Um, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, is really good. Anyway, let's... Um, <laughs> let's not get bogged down in details. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's, let's uh, pray. Let's commit this time to the Lord. Yes, Lord, we do, uh, we thank you uh, so much, Lord, we thank you for your love for us, we thank you uh, that we're able to come together today, we thank you for bringing us together, we thank you for your presence here with us, and Lord, we just, we thank you also especially for your word, and I pray as we look at your word, as we take time to um, expand your word, and to think about it, to think about what it means for us, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, speak to us through your word. Lord, there's, I'm just thinking about um, what I've prepared. Lord, there's uh, many things, but Lord, I, I pray that you would just speak to us. Lord, even if there's only one thing for each of us today, Lord, that you would speak to us. And, and there will not be just something that expands our knowledge, but something that we take with us, something that impacts our life, something that changes us, uh, brings us closer to you. Uh, yeah, so Lord, that we, yeah, we choose to climb those stairs as we've already heard. Yeah, well, just thank you for that. Lord, thank you for speaking through me. Thank you for uh, open ears and open hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, and how good was that summary of Isaiah? Well, wow, that is a great summary. Um, actually, it's worth reading the whole 66 books sometime too. But as a, keep that summary in mind because that was fantastic, I thought. So um, whatever, wherever you found that, Hillary... It was, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I know we've already read from Luke 17, but if you want to, if you have your Bibles, uh, your device, you want to turn there just so we can follow it through as, we're, uh, as we look at what it might mean for us today. And what we see here really that the essence of the stories about, you know, the, the, ten, the ten lepers who came to Jesus that uh, asked to be healed, 
you know, so they, they had faith you know, G, that Jesus would heal them. You know, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. And that was important because uh, if somebody had a disease, you know what the Bible calls leprosy, and they believed that being cleansed, that the disease was healed, they had to show themselves to the priest and the priest would um, declare them to be clean and they could come back into regular society. And so really they're going to the priest was an act of faith. And, and we see that for them. You know, they've, they've gone to the priest to be declared clean, uh, acting in faith. But in verse 19, we see that there's one man who was not just um, healed, not just cleansed from his leprosy, but Jesus said to him, to the rise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Or the old King James Version says, your faith has made you whole. Or really, thy faith has made thee whole, so, you know. But your faith has made you whole. And that's really, it's very interesting because that word that's used there for whole is the word sozo, which is the word for salvation. And I find this story really interesting because the nine men who acted in faith in going to the priest, they were cleansed, their leprosy was healed. But there's something about this one man who returned to Jesus, says that he was made whole. So, I don't know, maybe whatever damage the leprosy had done to him, maybe that was restored. You know, if he had lost the tips of fingers or something, maybe that was restored. Maybe his feeling was restored. But, or, and maybe that it, it means something more than that. Because the word sozo, which we generally think of salvation, means not only just spiritual salvation, but it means healing, it means wholeness. It means to be made whole. It means complete salvation. It means body, soul and spirit. Um, and in Isaiah it talks about being made whole, body, soul and spirit, soul and spirit, interestingly enough. So nine were healed, one was made whole. And what I want to just think about is think about that they're made whole. And not get bogged down in whether it just means that you know his parts of his body may have been restored or whether Jesus is talking about a full salvation, which I think he may have been as well. But just focusing on that, made whole. And what was the difference? See, one man came back and gave glory to God. Uh, you know, the words that what were the words that he said to Jesus? He said, It says there, the one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was the one who was made whole. And so really, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. This one man, and I really see him as having an attitude of gratitude. And that's my title. I don't always come up with fancy titles, but today, an attitude of gratitude is one of the talk about. I want to talk about being thankful. And as I was thinking about how I want to introduce this, and I thought, actually, I just imagine, you know, Annette, and she'd be a good person to draw from, but probably would say, you know, something like, what are you thankful for today? Is that, is that the sort of thing she would start with? Or, or has he moved on from that? Okay. Oh, I missed it there. Okay. But there's that idea of being thankful that I want to talk about, that 
thankfulness, gratitude, being grateful, uh, all these things. So his thankfulness brought him complete salvation. And that's important because a thankful heart is needed to bring us completeness in our life and salvation. And we'll never reach God's best without a thankful attitude. You know, God has some much for us. But if we don't have that thankful, that grateful attitude, you know, we will never receive it all. We'll never, uh, you know, we will miss something of what God has. So being thankful is an important part of living in faith and growing our faith. And so we can learn from this, this man who returned to Jesus to give thanks because he had that attitude of thankfulness, attitude of gratitude, that he re- came into completeness, into wholeness. And that's the message this morning. Sorry, this afternoon. I have been awake since early this morning. It's okay, I didn't just get out of bed in time to come here. So it's important for several reasons. You know, we see that, you know, in Scripture, giving thanks is important. And I only uh, have a few examples of where we're told, where we're encouraged to give thanks. Uh, Hebrews 13 verse 15, for instance, says, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So what is the sacrifice of praise? I know that's something that uh, we used to talk about a few years ago. We even had songs about bringing the sacrifice of praise. Well, what's the sacrifice of praise? Well, in Hebrews 13, it says that the sacrifice of praise is our lips, giving thanks to his name, giving thanks to God. And also, one of the things that has stuck with me Now, if I would ask you, you know, what do you think the word used for worshipping God is used most often in the Bible? You know, we might come up with different things, but the three words that are used most often, and I mean they're used hundreds of times, whereas the other ones we might think of, um, you know, are only used a few times. But the most commonly used words for worship in the Bible are praise, rejoice and thanksgiving. So we want to worship God. What's the Bible say? It spends most of its time talking about praising God, talking about rejoicing, talking about giving thanks. And they really, they all come from that same sort of attitude, don't they? That we've got something to praise God. We've got something to rejoicing. We've got something to be thankful for. It's really that same idea of thankfulness, that same idea of gratitude, that we're glad, that we're grateful to God for something that he's given us. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, what's the will of God? Well, one of the things that's the will of God, it says, is in everything give thanks. Not for everything, but in everything give thanks. Ephesians 5 verse 20, Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see that appears quite a bit and and, and there's more places that the Bible talks about giving thanks. You know, we we give thanks at mealtimes. You know, we may call it grace or whatever, but really what it's about is about giving thanks. So we say grace or we give thanks, whatever it is. Uh, It's the fruit of a grateful heart. We're thanking God for what he's provided. 
but there's also faith in God that he will continue to provide. You know, it, it sanctifies the food we're about to eat. And I guess that's why we always said it when I went to Yanko Egg, we always said grace before, um, before meals. So I'm, I'm grateful for that because that food needed something. Uh, Yanko Egg's a boarding school, you know, so... Um, so it provides the protection and health, but it also it opens the way for further provision. And not by some mighty act of faith, but by giving thanks for what God has provided. Brings us the protection, the health, and uh, the provision. In Colossians 1 verse 12, Paul prays that we will be thankful. He says, giving thanks to the Father. It's part of his prayer there at the start of Colossians 1. You know, he prays for us several things. In verse 10, that um, the prayer is that we would have a walk pleasing to God. We think, well, yep, that's a good thing to pray for somebody. Uh, verse 11, that we would be strengthened. Yep. But then verse 12, that we would be giving thanks to the Father. Wow, so Paul puts the giving of thanks pretty high up on the list of things that he wants to see in the lives of the Colossians and, and in our lives. We see also that Jesus sets the example. And there's a couple of times I really think especially we see Jesus giving the example, uh, setting the example. At the Last Supper, you know, uh, it says that he, he blessed the bread and, and the wine. But in John, it says he gave thanks. He gave thanks for the bread and he gave thanks for the wine. And at the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus said to his disciples, you know, bring here those few loaves and the fish that you have. And what did he do? He gave thanks. And then he broke them and started uh, distributing, or gave them to the disciples to distribute. So if we think of those two events and we think of the power in those two events, and yet it's just such a simple thing, Jesus gave thanks gave thanks for the bread and the wine at uh, the Last Supper, you know, which, um, and we remember that when we take communion, don't we? You know, it's giving thanks. And he gave thanks for the bread and the fish, just those, that simple, was it five loaves and two little fish, wasn't it? Uh, he gave thanks. You know, we could go and look at um, other people who, who Jesus touched. Uh, Luke chapter 7, we read about the woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears and then, you know, enjoyed them with her hair. So Jesus commends her. But her actions came from gratitude for her forgiveness. And we, and we can read that. You know, we won't take the time today. We've got plenty of other stuff to, to cover. But because of her, you see, well, she understood her forgiveness. She understood her salvation, the depth of that, and she was grateful for that. And so that's, um, you know, when Jesus commends her, that's what brought her into that place of, I mean, we'd all love to be commended by Jesus, wouldn't we? Uh, she was simply because she had a heart that was thankful, because she had an attitude of gratitude, uh, you know, a grateful attitude. Uh, grateful for her forgiveness. And of course the Psalms, uh, which we think of as the, just the book of 
worship. Well, so much of that is when we see thanksgiving. You know, Psalm 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Psalm 106 verse 1, O give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And we read in 1 Chronicles 23 that, that David is preparing the temple. You know, David didn't build the temple, Solomon did. But David prepared everything. He, he got all the materials ready. He had everything ready to go for Solomon to build the temple. And part of what he did was he allocated Levites whose job it was to thank and praise the Lord. Read that in verse 30 of 1 Chronicles 23. So their sole job was to thank and praise the Lord. Well, we think, you know, we think about the temple that Solomon built and, and uh, it was magnificent. And yet part of what David did in the preparation was pointing people his job, thank the Lord and praise the Lord. So it's pretty important the way it appears in the Bible, how often it appears and, uh, and Jesus setting the examples. But given that we're talking about entering into wholeness, entering into fullness through, an, through a, you know, being grateful, through thankfulness, we can contrast this uh, with the Israelites who came out of Egypt. Uh, that the Israelites who came out of Egypt did not make it to the promised land, largely because they were ungrateful. Yeah, uh, Paul writing about it in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 10, it says, And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. Well, hang on, I thought it was because of their lack of faith. But... They grumbled. They, yeah, the lack of faith, but they were grumbling. They weren't thankful. They weren't grateful. They didn't think about the things that God had already done for them. And that's what led to their lack of faith and what led to them missing out. And they missed out on the promised land. They missed out on everything that God had provided. Coming out of Egypt was only the start. The promised land was what God had for them. <clears throat> and we can read about it you know, through Exodus uh, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, they constantly complained. They grumbled, they murmured. You know, they complained to Moses and Aaron and they complained against Moses and Aaron. You know, thanklessness makes godless and wicked men. In Romans 1 verse 21, talking about those who rejected God, it says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up uh, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. The result was that their minds became dark and confused. They wouldn't worship God, they wouldn't give him thanks. And that led to uh, further wickedness in their mind. Their descent began with a thankless attitude. And then if we think about really what, what greed and lust and envy and covetousness, they really come from a lack of thankfulness. They come from a place where we're not thankful for what we have. There's something there that we see that we don't have. We forget about what we do have. You know, we take that, mostly, you know, where, where people have, where, where churches have problems, where people have problem with, problems with their pastor and that sort of thing. It's so often about forgetting what they do have, not being thankful, not being grateful but looking to what they don't have. <clears throat> you know, there's a, a poem I came across uh, and it's called Grumbletone. 
says, there was a boy named Grumbletone who ran away to sea. I'm sick of things on land, he said, as sick as I can be. A life upon the bounding wave will suit a lad like me. The seething ocean billows failed to stimulate his mirth, for he did not like the vessel nor the dizzy rolling berth, and he thought the sea was almost as unpleasant as the earth. He wandered into foreign lands, he saw each wondrous sight, but nothing that he heard or saw seemed just exactly right, and so he journeyed on and on, still seeking for delight. He talked with kings and ladies fair, he dined in courts, they say, but always found the people dull and longed to get away to search for that mysterious land where he would like to stay. He wandered over all the world, his hair grew white as snow. He reached that final bourne at last where all of us must go, but never found the land he sought. The reason you would know? The reason was that north or south, where his steps were bent, on land or sea, in court or hall, he found but discontent, for he took his disposition with him everywhere he went. And isn't that wonderful? You know, he saw so many wonderful things, but they never satisfied him because he was grumbler. He wasn't thankful. And that's what we can be like. <clears throat> we have a bit of a similar sort of one in our own Australian bush culture. You know, said Henrahan, you know, written by uh, John O'Brien, uh, you know, Father Patrick Hardigan, who was at Naranja at the time he wrote this. You know, we'll all be ruined, said Henrahan, in accents most forlorn. And it goes on, you know, because if it doesn't rain this week, we'll all be ruined. We need rain. And then the rain does come. And he goes, well, we'll all be ruined if it doesn't stop raining because there's going to be floods and we'll be... And then the rain does stop and, the, and, and there's grass and the crops are magnificent. And he says, we'll all be ruined because there's going to be fires. And uh, then, you know, we'll all be ruined, said Henry Hand, before the year is out. Didn't matter what the situation was. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful poem, sums up unfortunately some of our <laughs> parts of our culture but we're called to have a different attitude one of thankfulness for what we do have and that's what brings us into our wholeness you know a great mind sorry a grateful mind is a great mind um, I've got that in italics I'm not sure where I read that but somebody said it uh, and also a great a general attitude of thanksgiving in both the trials and blessings of life distinguishes the Christian. So there's all the reasons we should be thankful. We should be grateful. But also I just want to then um, mention three things that a, an attitude of gratitude will do. So this sort of attitude... Uh, we'll thank God for what he does, for what he gives us. And if we think of uh, a Job, for instance, and especially at the, at the beginning of the book where he first loses everything and everybody expects him to, to grumble and everybody expects him to, to curse God. But he's actually, he's thankful. He's thankful for what God had given him. He's not focusing at that point on what he lost. But... He's thankful for what God had given him and he praises God for being God. That same sort of attitude. Uh, Psalm 103 verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And we're thankful for what God has done, not resentful 
or greedy for what is still lacking. The grumbling of the Israelites demonstrated a lack of gratitude for past blessings. Uh, If you can't be thankful for what you have, then be thankful for what you have escaped. Well, that's not a bad way of looking at things. I mean, I'm not a perfectionist, but I do like things to be done right. So, you know, for me, it's very easy to see what still needs to be done, what's still lacking. But that's, but, and that can descend into an attitude that's not thankful, you know, the, the opposite sort of thing. So I know how easy it can be to think about what's missing. But, but hey, even if we don't have what we want, you know, we've escaped something, which is a, a, an old uh, little rhyme that, uh, that uh, my dad used to say to us when we got a bit grumpy about something. He said, I used to grumble till I, that I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. So, uh, sounds a bit simplistic, but it's also, hey, I might not have the shoes, but at least I've escaped having no feet. So we need to be able to exhibit a thankfulness in proper proportion to the gifts and blessings we've received. Well, that's quite a challenge, really, because so often it's those who have little are so much more thankful than those who have much. You know, we have much, um, even when we feel like it's a battle to, to make ends meet and, you know, that everywhere we turn, it seems somebody wants to add another charge or tax or whatever, and it, yet we really in the context of things we have much and yet so often those who have the little are the ones who are the most thankful so we can learn something from them. So an attitude of gratefulness and thanks will thank God for what he does and for what he gives us. Uh, This sort of attitude also will trust God with the future because the Israelites complaining also demonstrated a lack of confidence in God's wisdom, will and ways. You know what what happened? Every time they came to a challenge, they grumbled and they whinged. And you can read it, there's four books of it. You know, that, and they forgot everything that God had already done. Which meant that they had no confidence in what God was going to do in this situation. So when we are thankful, when, and when we're thankful to God, it's actually, we do, it shows a confidence and it builds a confidence in God's wisdom, in God's will, God's ways that, well, it may not work out the way I planned it, but God is going to do something. God is doing something in this. We see this uh, Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So by prayer... With thanksgiving, let us ask God. So it gives us a confident expectation that God will meet our needs. And it also, if we were to take Philippians 4, verse 6, and then go into the next verse, verse 7, it actually brings peace. It says, And the peace of God, which uh, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So it's that prayer with thankfulness. You trust God with the future. We can be thankful in adverse circumstances because God is working in these. And this is where it can get hard, but we're thankful in the circumstances. Uh, James, just a couple of uh, verses quickly. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. 
says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And Romans 5, verses 3 to 5. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we see those two passages both saying that even in, in unfavourable circumstances, we can still rejoice we can still give thanks because even in that God is still doing something in our lives God is working in us even at these times now C.S. Lewis wrote we ought to give thanks for all fortune if it is good and because it is good then if it is but if it's uh, bad then because it works in us patience humility and the contempt of this world and the hope of our eternal country so good fortune yeah Things are going well, we should be thankful for that. Things aren't going well, it's still working within us, these things. And that's something to be thankful for. We're thankful to, to God for that. Uh, a grateful heart, trusting in God, will keep us looking forward. You can compare that to the Israelites. They kept looking, they, things got hard, they started looking back to Egypt. You know, Lot's wife, where was her heart? Not in what was forward, her heart was what was behind her. She was destroyed. And uh, Esau's another one, you know, that you know, he lost the blessing because you know, he wasn't thankful. He was grumbling about being hungry. And, you know, somebody at least could have cooked me a meal, could have got his own meal, but he grumbled about it because of, you know, he really wasn't thankful for what he had, really led, led to uh, his demise. And the third thing... So thanks God for what he, uh, for what he has so, and what he gives us. Sorry, thanks God for what he does and what he gives us. Uh, trust God with the future and thankfulness and, and gratitude gives God our best. Another person, and you know, I know I'm mentioning a lot of people here in the, old, in the Bible, but um, hopefully you're familiar with at least some of them, but Abel was another person. He, was, he gave God his best. And you can almost see as you read uh, in Genesis uh, chapter 4, you know, where he brings to God his best and, and you can almost see that he's, he's doing it out of gratitude. He's thankful for what God's given him. He's glad to give God his best. You know, Romans 6 verse 13 says, And do not present your members as, as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. It says, For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Another one uh, mentioned there, Romans 12, verse 1, um, which actually uh, Pastor Trevor's been talking to us in Narendra about Romans 12 uh, recently. 
This is one I know off by heart, and then at the moment I want to quote it. It's um, disappeared. Yeah, it says, therefore, we... Sorry, that's Hebrews. Any wonder I've got the wrong one. Uh, Romans 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So all three of those uh, verses I just read talk about giving our whole body, our whole self to God. And we can do that um, when we're thankful, when we're grateful for what God's done. So it's out of appreciation to God, out of appreciation for what he has done, that we give him our lives. And, and that's what that thankfulness, that gratitude will do. A famous stress researcher, Hans Sale, I've never heard of him either before this, but apparently he's famous. Uh, he claims that among all the emotions, there is one which more than any other accounts for the absence or presence of stress in human relations. That is the feeling of gratitude. So more than anything else he says, the, ca- the presence of stress is determined by our gratitude or ingratitude because it's impossible to be anxious and thankful at the same time you know it's one of those things you know when people say you know you can't pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time so everybody wants to start doing it to see whether they they can well it's impossible to be anxious and thankful we're thankful to God we won't be anxious Uh, Seeds of of discouragement are readily sown by Satan and grow easily. But he can't get them to grow in the heart of a grateful person. So discouragement won't grow there. I'd just like to finish uh, just from Psalm 107. And verse 21 and 22. It says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. So verse 22 then, let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's a sacrifice that God is pleased with. Let us declare, you know, his works with rejoicing. Those two words, two of those words there, thanksgiving, rejoicing in the same, uh, in the same passage. Verse 21, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. You know what verse 8 says? It says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. You know what verse 15 says? Okay, I won't read it. You know what verse 31 says? I think, um, I think he's trying to make a point here. Oh, that we will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. And so that's a good way to finish. And as I've been talking about uh, being thankful, I mean, it's who we're thankful to is really important. You know, we can be thankful. And I was just thinking about how that's relevant. At the moment, you know, I've, I've got a job. I'm working five days a week at the school as a teacher's aide. So 
you know, if, if that, they don't renew my contract at the end of the year, they, they won't have me back or whatever, you know, I'll always be thankful for that. You know, I'm thankful to the school, I'm thankful for the people who uh, employed me and the people who helped me. And that's important. But most important is that I'm thankful to God for that. You know, people who are thankful, who have a good attitude to other people, they're good to be around. But the most important thing, the thing for our growth, is that we're thankful to God, you know, that for what he provides, what he protects us from. Because we can't be made whole, we can't be complete. We can't be complete in our salvation, we can't know everything that God has for us, we can't come into everything that God has for us unless we have that attitude of thankfulness, of being grateful. And I just want to encourage us with that this morning, uh, this afternoon. There you go, my mind's still on the morning. I want to encourage us uh, with that, just that, that attitude. Uh, always to be grateful. You know, it's, some of us are, are built a bit differently. You know, I, I love the Winnie the Pooh stories, you know, the, the old the Disney movie and then some of the things that flowed out from that. Uh, and I, I kid my wife, I said, my, I think my wife's a bit like Tigger, you know, like she just bounces through life. She brings joy to everyone she meets. Um, I, I, love, um, I love Eeyore, you know, Eeyore is, uh, he's always sees the, the disaster in every situation. And uh, I do quite a good Eeyore impersonation, but I won't do it. I did this in, uh, one time I was preaching and Rachel was sitting there and she, he's not going to do an Eeyore impersonation in church, is he? Oh, he is. I think she's still um, haunted by it. But Eeyore is the one that he, he's never thankful. I'm more like Rabbit, you know, like everything is, is uh, in order. You know, his carrots are in order. And then Tigger comes through and messes them up. So we, each of us, we do, you know, some of us, we come from a different point of view. Some of us just seem to find it easy to be thankful and happy and grateful. But we all need to have that that attitude that we're thankful to God, we're grateful for what he's done, we're grateful for what he's doing. And because of that, I can look forward to what he is doing. I can expect him to keep doing good things. You know, the good things maybe not the way I've planned them, but the good things are things which will uh, cause me to grow in him, which will cause me you know, to, to grow into his glory, his righteousness, his holiness. And uh, that's the message I have for you this afternoon. There you go, I got to the waited all this time for me to say it in the last minute what the message is so yeah lord we just thank you for today lord we're just thankful for lord if we were to think about it so many things lord um we should be thankful for the the physical things that you've given us uh, but lord that's not the the really important things Lord, we're thankful for the uh you know for the creation your wonderful creation we're thankful for the the friends the people you've put around us but Lord, most of all, we're thankful for what you have done for us, Lord, that even though we didn't deserve it, Lord, you paid the price. Lord, you brought us back into relationship with you. And Lord, you continue, everything you do towards us is about bringing us closer to you, bringing us into, to be, causing us to be the people that you made us to be. Lord, bringing us into this place that you have for us. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I just pray that we will never lose sight of that, regardless of how difficult things get, um, of, of regardless of distractions lord help us always to remain thankful and uh, to rejoice to praise you and lord i thank you that as we do that lord we will grow it's not just a matter of good manners it's a matter of being essential for our growth 
Well, we just give you the praise uh, today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, indeed. Mm. Um, I'm feeling really thankful right now that uh, you came and, and you, you named your sermon an attitude of gratitude. And I'm feeling very thankful because firstly, it stops me needing to come up with a random title for your sermon when I load it onto our webpage. Sometimes I have to just pick a bit in someone's sermon and go, yeah, we'll call it that. So I'm very thankful that you've named your sermon for me. Um, but I'm also very thankful because Ashley has just given us a real gift today. It's a very simple gift. Uh, it's not wrapped in fancy paper. It doesn't have bells and whistles. It's a very simple gift. But it's an incredibly profound and special gift that I think if you take away this attitude of gratitude, um, your life is going to be blessed and built up your life is going to thrive and be fruitful. If we uh, cultivate this uh, thankfulness in our life, it's something that we should cultivate, something we can cultivate. I would say it's something we must cultivate in our life. And, and it really um, stood out to me when Ashley shared the example of the Israelites who missed out on the promised land because they were grumbling, because they... God never seemed to be doing enough for them. They missed out on what God did have for them. And uh, so we, we need to be cultivating this thankfulness in our life. And I was actually um, sort of uh, meditating a bit this morning on a very similar, probably really the same topic actually, in uh, Philippians 4 where it talks about I can be content in all circumstances, whether I've got plenty or whether I've got nothing, I can be content. And how could Paul be content? What was it that enabled him to live this contented, thankful uh, life of fullness? What was it that he had? He had the Spirit. I can do all this through um, him who strengthens me. It's the presence of God in us that gives us the ability to have this attitude of gratitude. So you're not on your own. This is not just mustering up good vibes. That's what everyone else out there has to do. They have to speak affirmations and muster up good vibes. I'm just going to believe good things about myself. Okay, you don't have to just do that. You, you, you have the spirit in you to, to uh, enable you to live this um, thankful life. And so I was, think, I was sitting there and I was reflecting as Ashley was sharing. I thought, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself this week. You know, when I get out of bed, I'm just going to thank God. I'm going to be thankful. And when I make my breakfast, I'm going to thank God. When I make my coffee, I, I'm already pretty thankful. So I don't need to sort of uh, cultivate thankfulness there. But, you know, when I go to work, when I um, wash the dishes, I'm going to be thankful. Um, when, I, when I come to church next Sunday, when I worship, when I, you know, all of it, when I shop, when, I get, when, when we get our, our, our pay, all of it, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to challenge myself. Maybe, maybe you might want to challenge yourself this week too uh, to have an attitude of gratitude. Amen? All right, there's sermon part two. Let's go and enjoy a cup together, shall we? <laughs>